0: You're listening to a podcast from Meaning of Life TV.
1: Okay, uh, we're rolling. Hi, this is R.J. Cohen-Wade. Uh, you're watching Culturally Determined, and uh, it's a very special episode with two guests. Uh, they are Drew Spears and Kate Raft, and they are the co-hosts of a podcast called This Podcast is Self-Care. Um, So, I'll ask them each to introduce themselves. Uh, So, Drew, can you go first and introduce yourself?
2: Hey, uh, thank you so much for having me. Uh, My name is Drew Spears. Uh, I, as you mentioned, uh, co-host the podcast, Um, and yeah, I'm a writer and comedian based in Los Angeles, and uh, I do a show with my friend, Kate.
1: (laughs) Uh, And Kate, can you (laughs) introduce yourself?
0: hi i'm Kate. I'm friends with drew and um we do a podcast and uh i'm oh kate raft kate raft you know is my name um am I supposed to say anything else yeah but, well i
1: do you're also a uh, illustrator
0: oh yeah i i oh yeah hey let's i'll give you the 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 spiel i do art i also do a twitch show every morning called jack a m and uh yeah, I have a dog. I live in LA. I'm a Cancer um Capricorn rising. Yeah.
2: That's I'm Pisces. Yeah. I'm Pisces. I thought for the longest time I was Aquarius Pisces, but I've recently understood that I am just a Pisces. Uh so pretty big change in my life and how I approach A
1: lot a lot yeah. going on. Right. And I'll 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 share that I'm an Aquarius although I don't know anymore about my moon rising or, you know, where Mercury was.
0: You uh, gotta educate yourself. You gotta maybe maybe
1: understand. Get woke. Star charts during this. So uh, so the podcast is this podcast is self care. I I guess I was I found out about it because I um, am a Jesse Ferrar fan and he was your first guest. So he oh was, nice. Yeah. So I don't think I was familiar. I kind nice. of maybe vaguely knew who you guys were, but um, wasn't a super fan. And then the first episode was really funny with Jesse and I subscribed and I've been uh, a listener since and enjoy the show a lot. And I think it's. Um, so it's about self-care it's a comedy podcast but it also like does have serious stuff in it or you you take self-care kind of with a grain of salt you make fun of it in some ways but you also embrace it in other ways so I think it's interesting I think it's worth uh, talking about cool so if you yeah. talk about like the um the origins of the podcast
2: yeah, Uh the podcast uh, origi- originated when I was like, oh, Kate, do you want to do a self-care podcast with me? And she <laughs> initially said, no, I'm too busy.
0: <laughs>
2: what if I do nearly all the work and I just <laughs> tell you that you show up? And she said okay, fine. We can try it. I'm, uh,
0: exposed. I'm no, it's exposed. fine.
2: I think I'm exposed. I'm a little pest <laughs> You can't like ex- respect, uh, it's people's time. So
0: the podcast started, uh, not as an act of self-care, but as an act of boundary breaking. And yes. And I'm glad we did because it's actually been like so amazing. I sometimes, sometimes my gut reaction is to say no to things. I mean, I can be a negative person. I don't know.
2: And I think probably latently, um I think there's two prongs of this. one is I like hanging out with Kate. um I was in a place in my life where like there was a lot of transition happening, and I was leaning on kate uh like a lot, and I was like I, and I also have that problem of like I need to like to ensure that I stay friends or you know, see people, I need to fold them into my work life. So I I have
0: that too, though. I definitely suffer from like, if we're going to be friends, like, what are we working on? And like, I'm glad we do the podcast because it, I mean, like, you know, we are friends. We should just hang out without working on something. But if we're going to work on something, why not it be like, actually like, taking care of ourselves, yeah and like and like talking about that topic, even if we're like ripping on it a little bit, it still ultimately does like help me focus more on self care, like overall,
2: oh, entirely. And I would also say, I mean, specifically, I mean, working with Kate as a creative person, Kate is an incredibly compelling and engaging performer and personality. She has this really fun way. Uh, i th- I mean, i'm I've been friends with Kate for years, but even in like which, This doesn't happen that much with people I know in real life. Usually I don't like to consume their art because it's, I don't know, it it comes to a weird thing, especially when your art is just kind of being on podcasts or like being yourself on Kate AM. But Kate has a wonderful way of getting you excited about whatever she's talking about and like letting (laughs) you feel included in on it, like the joke of whatever she's doing. It's—it She's someone... Where, I don't know, I I, I find myself like very delighted to see where Kate goes with an idea and then I just kind of get on board and follow it. It's uh, like, it is like almost like a weird, like, Parasocial thing where it's like, I really enjoy watching and listening to my friend Kate, whether it be on like Jack AM or. Oh my God, Drew,
0: stop. You're making me blush. Uh, I'm a big, I've always been a big fan of Drew. Like Drew is a star in the LA comedy scene. I'm just like a, like a tiny little. Baby, compared yeah, to Drew, could
2: not be could not be further from the truth. <laughs> um, but I, I do want to speak uh, a little bit because you mentioned the tone, uh, and I'm I'm glad because um, I think the tone of the show is confusing for some people because it's like we're good. not doing character. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Good. I'm glad it's I'm glad it's a little alienating and strange. <laughs> it was not on purpose, and it's not on any sort of like I don't think Kate and I said. So we're going to do characters or anything like that because I don't feel like I'm playing a character. I feel like I get in a headspace where, like, I get a little loopier and a little sillier and, like, go on a little bit more flights of fancy. And, you know, yes, I'll say stuff that I don't 100% believe, uh you know, deeply. You know, I think we probably are influenced by stuff like Hollywood Handbook in that regard, where, yes, a lot of things are tongue-in-cheek, But also, I don't think I'm being insincere at any point. And I mean, we talk about this on the show. Self-care is such a interesting thing because it is essential and it's something we do. But now it has been co-opted by, you know, these kind of gross capitalist forces where if you Google wellness or self-care, it's a billion-dollar industry. Right. see stuff about like, what's best self-care in the office workplace to make uh, efficiency go up?
0: Exactly. Yeah. We try to bring like a, like anytime we're being like cheeky or whatever, it's usually at the expense of capitalism. um, And I think that's fine. Like we're not making fun of self-care we're' make, we're you well sometimes we are but usually're usually when we're making fun of what we're talking about it's because it's like it deserves it, I yes, guess.
2: yeah, and that's what's kind of fun about it, and we talk about this a lot like self-care is this kind of big blanket thing where you can use it to justify you know bad behavior uh antisocial behavior. I certainly see have and have seen people online you know just being like, you know if someone's toxic in your life, you need to cut them out. And then it's like, well, let's define them what being toxic is. Maybe yeah. you know you're being maybe unfair you're, to someone, and you
1: don't want to.
0: Yeah. maybe, maybe you interview. have like no compassion.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Were you doing the the uh, claps, the emoji yeah. claps, just there? Okay. So, I, know
0: I know. I was doing a visual bit, and this is definitely a podcast.
1: Oh <laughs> uh, well, well, we we are we are visual we are visual as well. But I wanted to ask about um. I mean, the entry. Okay, so you you have a bit recurring bit the beginning of every episode. You say. Um, this podcast is self-care that, you know, the only podcast that is in it in of itself self-care, all other podcasts are emotional labor. And then you kind of do like a riff making fun of some genre of, of podcast. So this, <laughs> this podcast is, is emotional labor. And I guess those are, you know, those are, those have become the two contrasting poles of this world is like, you know uh, I, I think emotional labor originally had this meaning that was like you know for like a, like an airline stewardess or something if she has to be like smiley and friendly all day sure. long and she's not really being compensated for like the fact that she's faking emotions and then it kind right. of moved into like a more general space where it's like if you ask anything of me at all <laughs> like and are not right. paying me, like this is this is emotional labor like you know
0: there yeah there's some there's
1: being it's, kind is emotional labor or something along those
0: lines. Hey, being kind is emotional labor and pay <laughs> hey, me to be kind. That's why, that's why I'm always mean because I'm, just, yeah, I'm not getting paid. Uh, yeah. I think that for me, the classic example of emotional labor is like, like when you have to ask your significant other to do the dishes or something like, yes, they're washing the dishes, they're doing the actual labor, but you had to be like stressed about it and, and asking them to do something. And like, you know, like that like household emotional labor is is what i always that's like my classic example
2: yeah i think the emotional labor thing and how it did start originally in service and was like a literal cost analysis of like you know uh you know when you're a server at a restaurant you need to be nice so you get more tips so that you can live and at some point you know emotional labor did kind of uh, crossover into the domestic, you know, most likely because, um, you know, women in domestic partnerships with, you know, I can only speak with cishet men uh, as experience, um, you know, sometimes do bear a certain amount of emotional brunt. And, you know, it stems back to, you know, they were expected to keep the house and things like that, and how that's not really treated as a job and it you know and I think in that case it definitely should be and you should acknowledge what the actual labor of relationships is and you know if someone is doing work in a relationship whether that be you know I mean I'm just starting to plan a wedding and I'm very like in my head about like I don't want my partner to be the one who has to do everything and then I go sure and then I think like from there the kind of emotional labor has kind of gotten co-opted online because, you know, online flattens any sort of discussion or discourse so that like certain buzzwords you know it's emotional labor or gaslighting, and then it's just like well anything can be that if you stretch the boundaries of it you know i see a lot of people being like don't ask me questions online that's you know emotional which is like like, yeah and
0: there's always like there's so many shades of gray so like drew's right about things getting flattened but like you know don't ask questions online but like also like that like that might be like unreasonable but then On the flip side of that is, like, don't ask, like, a marginalized person to necessarily, like, explain to you, like, you can do your own research. You don't have to, like, ask, like, you know, a trans person to explain to you the history of, like, Uh trans rights or whatever.
2: Yes, or, like, I mean, I feel like I've gotten in fights online with people when the issue of performers with disabilities not getting cast in roles in lieu of performers without disabilities when it comes to playing people who are with disabilities. And like that is, you know, definitely labor being like, let me explain to you why right. I'm not just being a wilting snowflake, you know, about, you know, Brian Cranston playing, like playing a paraplegic. It's about literally jobs being taken away from yeah. me. Um, but I think also at the same time, and, Kate's inc- entirely right about that, and you know the right does definitely love to engage, you know, debate me, debate me, debate me type things. Yeah. Uh, but then taken to the further extreme, you are just like kind of like being like using kind of self-helpy language and you know, you know, psychological language to just like I mean, I think Kate, we've seen this online yeah. where people have thrown around the term abuser or that's oh. abusive. Yeah. In, totally inappropriate context when it's just like especially
0: like like, people throw abuse around like a lot they throw like harassment around a lot like it's like these things have definitions but okay go off like
2: yeah yeah so like that i think that's kind of a nod if we're having fun with that uh yeah we love we
0: love Well, also like you know, we just love like when people co opt self care language to be dicks and like that's like our favorite thing. Me and love really we, we like actually like love that and we're like deeply obsessed. So, like so as much as we're saying it's bad, like if you do that, like we have to stand. Like yeah. we stand. <laughs>
1: uh, uh, so, so one of the so one of the running jokes of the show is that like basically everything is self care. So like going yeah. to the gym is self care, but also not going to the gym is self care. Exactly. Yeah. Um and so so that's I mean that's funny because you know the the definitions of the definition is uncertain, and what you know, if I call it self care, is it self care for me or or what? So, I mean, do you have a definition like that you thought about going in about the things you want to talk about? Like, no. could you do an episode on not going to the gym? Would that be <laughs> would that be interesting <laughs> enough? No, uh,
2: and I would go as far as to say, I mean, well, I think one of the reasons why this kind of landed as a topic for a podcast is, on one hand, yes, there is this like crazy industry, but also like. <laughs> You know, framing it as everything is self-care and what we're asking people is like, I think maybe me being lazy and being like, well, this is a podcast of asking people what they like and what they yeah. like to do. Um, which- we
0: like, we like how vague and broad, like, the self-care topic can be and like all the inner workings and irony, like, that comes with that.
2: But at, at the same time, I think this mostly uh, applies to, uh, you know uh our dude guests are often like oh wait i guess i've never thought do i do self-care yeah and it's interesting like being like oh well i never thought about it but i guess this is my self-care or like kind of going on a walk with them and like making them realize that oh no the things you do today in your life to make you happy and it's nice to force people
0: it's nice to force people to think about what they do to as self-care and I think just even talking about it even if it's kind of in a joking way like makes me at least think like more consciously about what I'm doing to soothe and nurture myself like I think I think in general women are more used to having to do that like just having like more tools for coping and like you know just like Self care, I guess, um, and so like that's why it's interesting to see what the what, what our guy guests come up with. But
1: yeah, yeah I mean, I, the the concept seems to be mostly coded like female. In our understanding, like I mean, if you like the the, the prime like self care like thing, if you said self care to me maybe a year ago, the thing I would have thought of was goop. Um,
0: yeah, the whole industry is very is very female. That's which is why I love do that. We do this podcast with like me and drew, like we get the male perspective on it. Like we get, we get guy guests to come in and like, I don't know. It's like, it should not be a feminine thing to take care of yourself. And it's like, it's so rooted in toxic masculinity that that even is like what we associate that whole, I mean, you're not, you're just not even marketed the stuff that women are marketed. Like when you're a guy, like in the, and half the products Aimed at self-care, marketed towards women,
2: yeah, which I mean, is interesting. Mm-hmm. There yeah, is a no, the no, half no, of it. Oh, sorry, go oh, ahead. Sorry. No, oh, I was gonna right. say there is a half of it where it's like you know the the commerce size where it's just like you know the billion dollar industry first and foremost got developed around you know m- m- helping women m- convincing women that they have insecurities and that they can fix right. them, and they're just now starting to get into like and we can do this for men, you know, men, yeah, men now, like, you know, and like. Uh, I, w- I use masks and stuff like that, and I use facial grooming stuff. And you know, you see, I mean, even Goop is lasting, uh, launching Goop Fellas, uh, which is oh, just yeah, yeah, kind of yeah. Brutal. And you get like now, like places like there's a. Uh, you know, nail salon called hammer and nails. And I think that's very, we really haven't dug in too much. We want to
0: do a hammer and nails episode. Just like the dude
2: aesthetic. Yeah. The dude aesthetic of self-care where it's like, you know, it's very much rooted in that like epic bacon guy stuff. It's
0: very like, it's got a very like, it's, it just screams like no homo to me. Like, and it makes me so uncomfortable. Right.
1: Or like, it's like, it's kind of like tactical gear that you would like use in a counter insurgency operation or something yeah, like that. Yeah,
2: they want you to feel like... Ma- it's like James Bond is handsome and probably <laughs> washes his face with more than just a washcloth and water. I but mean. then the flip side of that coin is, I think, this self-care emotional check and stuff, uh, you know, men are uniquely bad at. Um, I... I have, a, you know, I have a lot of male friends, but I mean, I probably like have like more check-ins and like, hey, how are you doing? And it gets beyond fine a lot quicker with uh my uh friends that are women. And yeah. it's, it's like, it's just like, it's harder for men. Men have been, you know, kind of, and I don't think it's ever something that, I'm consciously doing it when I'm like, when someone asks me how I'm doing, it's like, I don't want to get into it. Or I haven't fostered a relationship where we get into emotional depth, but it, it does permeate. Like, it's just like men don't have those conversations about like, how are you feeling? Like, are you doing okay? Like, you know, right. oh, I feel anxious and scared or sad. You know, they don't really labor label emotions and share emotions. They usually, um, we talked about this in the Caroline Calloway episode where, Kate was like, you know, did you have a friend who was like a Caroline Calloway, Natalie type thing where it's like, you know, uh, one friend gets all the dumping on. And I was like, no, not really, because I think, unfortunately, I just like left that for relationships, you know, getting to the real emotional labor of it where it's just like, oh, if someone was uh, I had to burden someone with, uh, you know. I feel anxious or depressed or something like that. It was probably going to be a romantic partner, which is awful. It's, it's a bad thing that you have to stop doing. Yeah. And you yeah, you can't let your like, uh, uh, you know, uh, safety net of emotional wellness just be the cat grabbing onto one like line and that line being your like significant other who's also stressed. You need, you need to actually right. build you know, a lot of people that you can check in on and, you know, I mean, starting to check in on other people is the best way of doing that because, you know, it puts you at a place of service as opposed to being like, me, 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 me. So I I like like
0: that, yeah, I think something
2: I've really started doing in the last year or so is when I've been feeling bad or in my head, reaching out to others and being like, hey, how are you doing? Oh, I heard you were up for this job or hey, last time we talked. And it gets me out of my head and into a service minded place.
0: I like that. Yeah, that's interesting. And, you know, we can all be doing more of that for sure.
1: Mm-hmm. Self care, like self is in, is in the name. And so there is like something, it's obviously self directed. It can become selfish, I suppose, at some point. But also, you know, usually, um, unless you're like meditating or something, uh, reaching out to another person is a good way to like make. You feel better, or them feel better, or both. Um, well, in meditation
2: is such a like funny example because it's like you can do meditate. I could go walk to a seat and just sit and meditate for five minutes, or I can go and spend twenty thousand dollars for a week long retreat. You know, uh, right. led by a guru. It is so funny how like, but like you know, maybe when you're not raised in a household that like values meditation or things like that. You never realize that. Oh, anyone can just meditate. You can just right. Like,
0: there's learn literally and read about it. There's no barrier to entry whatsoever.
2: But right. like the wellness community does try to make it like, oh, learn how to do it our way and spend right. all your money. Doing you don't it. have
0: to take it a, a transcendental meditation class.
1: Yeah. Right, and you did you did a recent episode uh, with someone who does transcendental meditation, uh, which I I didn't really know anything about, so that was educational. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Shout yeah.
0: shout out to Leanne yeah. Bowen.
1: Yeah. Um, so, okay. So another thing you do in pretty much every episode is, um, you pick up a crystal and you light some sage and I'm holding a crystal right now. So I, um, I'm not a crystal guy, but I do have this crystal that I often kind of like treat as a worry stone, uh, recording these things. So, um, so, so here's my crystal. And then can you talk about like the, the crystals and the sage and whether you, you feel like you're getting energy from these things or this is part of the, part of the bit or, or how do you treat these
2: things? Okay. Uh, yeah, so go off,
1: Kate.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I am a big crystal person and sage person. Um, be, not because I think these things hold any like real magical ability. And obviously there's now some controversy <laughs> with, with crystals being maybe like, um, irresponsibly mined, you know, and, yeah, there's a good Guardian
2: maybe- article about it that we discussed behind our paywall. Mm-hmm. So
0: now I don't know if I can publicly rep crystals anymore. And Sage <laughs> has a whole cultural appropriation element to it from Native Americans. But um that stuff aside, I think that taking the time... Here's why I like crystals. They're part of the earth. They're rocks. And there's something very grounding about just having like a little bit of nature in your hand, something that came from the earth and like whether they have magical abilities or not, each crystal is is assigned a different sort of like thing that it's supposed to help you with. Um, Usually it's just like healing or like throat chakra or whatever, like some person somewhere decided that this crystal has this power. So whether you believe that power is real or not, I personally don't believe the power is real. I just think it's nice to think about that thing and it sets your mind in that direction And it kind of just, like, poisons your little brain in a positive way.
1: Uh Yeah.
2: I mean, Kate Kate put it in a more, like, silly way on our show. And she she has art around this. But uh, she says, you know, fake magic is real. And I I do think (laughs) that's uh, an idea that's interesting where, you know, it's like, if this crystal is supposed to ground me and help me stay present... I don't actually think I'm getting energy from it, but you know, it's like, oh yeah, if I'm holding it, I'll notice it. And then I'll be like, oh yeah, stay present. I think it's like you're
0: tricking your brain into, into focusing on, on something. Cause like everything is the world. We're just scatterbrained all the time. And it's nice to like, take a moment to be like, I'm going to look at this fucking rock and think about like, you know, like boundaries or whatever. Sage is the same thing where it's like, when I light sage, sage is, is what you, what you light and the smoke is supposed to like, I don't know, bring like a, a cleansingness to the air around you and like, whether that's magic cleansing, like getting demons out or it's just like, let's smell something nice. Like, I think it's nice to light sage because it's a distinct smell and every time I smell it, I think of like positive, peaceful, Feelings, so that's another fake magic being real.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so you guys are millennials. I'm, I'm an older millennial. Um, mm-hmm. I think probably most of the people you interview are millennials. It does seem like there's there's a connection between millennials and self care, and also millennials and this uh, return to like being interested in tarot, you know, astrology, crystals, magical thinking in general, and, yeah. and so forth. I mean, do you have any thoughts on? On that, I mean, I, I, my guess would be it has something to do with, like, precarity and, um, poor economic circumstances.
0: Oh and, yeah, big time. I, per, mm-hmm. I think it's also that so many of us don't have, um, any sense of spirituality in our lives. Like, most people I know, at least here in LA, like, aren't really religious or anything. And like, there is something, like, n- there's something kind of void in, in, like, I'm an atheist, but it's nice to have, fake magical things like like tarot and stuff in my life because it's like i don't know it's soothing it's like oh like our ancestors had religion for a reason and like maybe like i'm reaching out for like some sort of spiritual placeholder
2: mm-hmm. yeah i mean i i think there's that and it. it really is nice and the things in my life that feel like religion i find great solace in it and i have had to kind of come onto that myself because, you know, I was also not raised religious and I'm going to crib a little bit from my fiance, Carrie, who works in uh, kind of uh, fringe science and spirituality. And the studies are out there that like the people who identify as most religious, but also superstitious are the most marginalized groups. And it's like the groups with the most economic precarity with the least amount of social standing of, you know, status and respect. And so there is a, uh, I think, direct oh, wow, yeah. between stuff like that, where it's like, well, why do you, whether it's like, it's like, yeah, do things like that. I think specifically, um, as far as the gendered thing where, you know, tarot and crystals I think are kind of more feminine, you know, I think there was a real uptick in that, you know, post-Trump selection. But, I mean, there's also the science and health side of it where it's like, listen, I mean – our friend Natalie came on and talked about uh coffee enemas and she explained, you know, why she does coffee enemas and what she th- believes coffee enemas to do. And my personal belief is that, you know, if, if she feels well after a coffee enema, that's great. I don't know if all the science bears out, but, you know, we are a generation that has, you know, a real like uh rooting with health care, you yeah. know
0: we yes. have the least we've the least like access to healthcare that any other generation has had and we have the the least amount of money like as a as a generation so yeah like of course we're going to be like you know into into we'll we'll take whatever we can get like we'll take tarot
2: and like I think like you know the things that don't worry me that much are when people are like oh maybe I'll I know people who make like kind of potions or tonics that they take when they have like a stomach ache or things like that and I think like you know if that works and you know there are herbs and things like that that will you know calm your stomach and if it's a self-empowerment thing that's good but unfortunately you know taken on a long enough, you know, uh. Oh yeah. If you thingy- follow it,
0: if you follow any of these roads, it does sometimes lead to being an anti-vaxxer, Vaxer. which like we're not, we are not.
2: But I, I would hate for anyone to get the impression that like our, like I want to do is like poke fun if someone believes that, you know, having a coffee enema will cleanse your like, uh, liver enzymes because I'm not really interested in like me. I mean, I think that's an interesting thing and like there's obviously something that you can joke about, you know, Getting an enema full of coffee, but I'm far more interested on why people believe that than you know whether or not it's true.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. I think like I, yeah, I think like there's of course there's going to be pseudoscience like about around like in, there's tons of it in the self care sphere, but like I think as long as it's not hurting yourself or like 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 as long as you're pretty much as long as you're not an anti facts or like. And then there's this new thing where people are drinking turpentine. I'm not (laughs) repping that either, but like,
2: I haven't even heard of that
0: one. (laughs) Oh yeah. Um, There's a, there's a whole, there's a whole culture uh, mentioned
2: that she will occasionally do a tune spoonful of turpentine from time to time in her most recent book. And everyone's like, Oh, yikes. Um, but like, I mean, though that's kind of scary, I mean, I think you do have to look at the cultural roots of that. Yeah. I grew up, you know, impoverished and we did not have a whole lot of autonomy and or, you know, access. For sure. To for sure. Things. And it's like, well, that's why people come to that understanding.
0: Yeah. And, and that's um a great point too. Like we can clown on eating turpentine because you shouldn't eat turpentine, but <laughs> like it's, it's like, how did we get there? How did we get to that point? How did we get to the anti-vaxxer movement? Like it's because we have never had more distrust in the medical system. And like, we've like, none none of us can afford to go to the doctor. (laughs) Like, it's like, so of course, like people are going to be like more and more alienated and isolated from like traditional medicine.
2: And I think if the turpentine thing or anti-vaxxing then goes to the next thing where like someone is, you know, actively making money, on you know putting people in a precarious you know health situation then yeah um guns out i want to like clown and shit on that person right uh, if you're
0: profiting off of off of that fear then that's that's a, that's not good that's mm-hmm. not
2: good but i mean we were talking about millennial uh generation we interviewed them so much and you know, I think there's a reason why, you know, we have so much interest in things like house plants and, you know, yeah. really treating your dog like a pet. And My I dog mean, is know. a
0: human baby. Yeah. <laughs>
2: it's, it's a real thing where it's like we're probably going to, maybe a lot of us are never going to be in the place to like be able to afford having children, human children, or like, and we're 30 and now we're having these sorts of like caregiving impulses or like, you know, you may not be able to afford a luxurious home or, you know, furniture or things like that. But like you can buy plants and take care for them and tend them and watch something grow and right. like get a troubleshoot, something like that. And yeah, that's I mean, I think that's the reason why all of the, everyone I know now has like 18 house plants and, you know, a tarot deck. And, you know, is considering, you know, getting a stroller for their baby. I mean, their dog, (laughs)
0: their dog baby. Uh, by the way, Drew, you still have my tarot deck.
2: Oh, I know. I need to get it back. I desperately need it back. Okay. I will get it back to you. Uh, (laughs) I'm doing,
0: I'm publicly shaming you now (laughs) on a podcast.
1: Uh, (laughs) It is the
2: best way to get a hold of us is like when we're on something, we have to ask really pointed questions (laughs) to one another because we know that we'll have to like,
0: I know. follow yeah. It's yeah like, it's like how i never text drew back in a timely fashion and and we recently on the our recent episode like we we got into it and now i feel like i've gotten better
2: you have gotten better with it i also like because that was the episode that i got proposed to while i think <laughs> i was like i gotta give myself what's called in the reality tv sphere the heroes edit here so like <laughs> i definitely trimmed out like a lot of like small dickish or bitchy things like <laughs> that like that i didn't because i didn't gonna be proposed to oh you
1: deserve it you deserve yeah. it you right know. so you so just to, for people who uh don't know you uh, the last episode you guys posted uh was with um your girlfriend drew and she proposed to you at the end of the episode and you said yes so congratulations on that and thank you may, maybe the first ever uh podcast live proposal i i, I never heard one before I, uh, hey
0: if it is someone give us press for that
1: please <laughs> please please, please. <laughs> that our
2: relationship turned into clout. Um, yes. That's I why mean, Carrie did it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> No, she well, also loves you deeply. Loves me deeply. I mean, I'll say this. The first, I mean, this is uh, the proposal episode is episode 19. And, I mean, if you listen to the first 19 episodes, I go on a journey because Carrie and I were not together. We were separated at the time that I started this podcast. And I think a lot of the things I was hoping to... I think there was a reason why I was looking at self-improvement and self-care and things like that, because I was... You know, recently, like, and suddenly single, even though, like, I still deeply love this person and was making life changes, you know, since I've started this podcast, I now work out like six times a week, um, a little bit before I started this podcast, I stopped drinking, uh, and, and like now I actually keep a daily schedule that I make at the beginning, at the end of each night for the next day. But I mean, so, so basically Drew,
0: Drew has had all this growth and I've (laughs) stayed exactly
2: I don't know kate I've seen a lot of growth from you in like a lot of like the way that you uh treat your career and like balancing the fact that you have a freelance lifestyle with still taking care of yourself and, and setting boundaries true. and like when you work on certain things but yeah i i, I mean if you but anything-
0: you've gone through you've gone through quite a journey especially like with your love life and then for it to now culminate in this engagement. I think it's such a beautiful. It's been great to watch you guys get back together. And- yeah.
2: So like listen to the first like, uh, three months of this podcast to see me go from full on crazy person who's like, just like unmoored <laughs> and being like, who's ever going to love me again to like slowly getting confidence again to getting engaged?
0: Yeah. It, it is, it's been a wild ride for you. Yeah. Drew. For
1: sure. Yeah. I mean, let's, this, you know, we've, we've had enough Caroline Calloway. Like let's, let's get a different social. You know, social media-esque story. Yeah, um, this is, this is
0: a, this is a, this is a now, possible. it's a narrative podcast about, <laughs> it's a reality show podcast about Jerusalem. I mean,
2: I don't want to shit too much on Caroline Calloway. Uh, we have had, s- s- um, some interaction with her. She likes Kate's paintings. She shouted out the episode we did. We've, uh, we I, we,
0: actually, we, we do stand. We do stand. We, stand. we <laughs> we've decided as a podcast, we stand Caroline Calloway. Mostly because we really want to have her on as a guest. We really
2: want to have her on the guest. So yeah, I'll let whether in the next week, if we have her on as a guest, be the like, final deciding thing about whether or not I think she's a net positive or <laughs> a net negative. If she comes on the show, she's a net positive. If she doesn't... Exactly, so, yeah.
1: exactly. Um, <laughs> uh, so, I mean, so drawing a little bit from the previous question, like, so one thing I've noticed, I guess on Twitter mainly, um, there's, you know, there's a lot of people on Twitter who are socialists or Marxists And a lot, a significant number of those same people are into a lot of this, like more supernatural stuff, like astrology. Especially people talking about, uh oh, it's your, you know, Mercury's in retrograde. We all know what that means, or it's your Saturn return or something. And there's there's weird, you know, Marxism, as I understand it, is like the ultimate kind of like materialist philosophy, where it's like there, you know, everything it's only what exists on this world. There's no, you know, no God at all, Um, and there's no like forces in history directing things. Whereas astrology is like it seems like the total opposite of that, of the, the, uh, you know, what time you were born and, and where exactly, uh, is determinative for your life for these occult powers that no one, I don't know. I've never heard exactly why it happens this way. Um, for anyone who believes in astrology, it like just is. So, there, so, and you know, there's, so astrology is more and more popular among millennials. Socialism is more and more popular among millennials. And then you also have the, 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 fact, the part of wellness that is like Gwyneth Paltrow and the capitalist marketplace right. and co- in, in some way like co-opting this idea that was originally from – because I, I kind of vaguely remember this. I looked on Wikipedia. It was originally – one of the first corners was this black feminist radical named Audre Lorde, if I'm, I'm going to be pronouncing that wrong. Um, mm-hmm. And she – during like the civil rights era, she said, uh, quote, caring for myself is not self-indulgence, it is self-preservation. And that is an act of political warfare. Um, so I don't know exactly where I'm going with this, but it, there's, there's all these different <laughs> uh, forces, uh, material or perhaps, you know, coming from the, the, the music of the spheres that are <laughs> uh, influencing people to go different ways. So in some way, it seems like, you know, if you're, yeah, if you have no power, then embrace right. it. Um, embracing astrology, saying like, it's all, it's all in my hands. I can't do anything about it. It was when I was born. That's what made me this way. And that's, what's controlling everything around me. That's like, that's one way. And then, you know, if you're a Marxist, you also believe in these like big forces, but they're all, but it's capital that that is, you know, behind the scenes. I don't know where I'm going with this, but you have any thoughts on. Yeah.
0: I think honestly, like if you, the, the powers that be IE capitalism or whatever, would love for us all to just be working all the time and not taking care of ourselves and not like valuing our ourselves and like our free time. Like we are all so overworked um in general, especially in America. So yeah, I think like that is like why like, you know, self-care is so important. And the, when it comes to the religious, like the astrology stuff, like, I don't know. I know so many like like witchy uh, astrology like communist like chicks. Like I think it's like there's there's definitely like I guess the in traditional Marxism like it is about like it's it's anti religion. But I, I don't know. There's
2: astrology
0: isn't a religion per se. It's like kind of just like I don't know. I don't
2: uh, know. What yeah, do you think? I mean, I think it's really fascinating, and I want to first and foremost just acknowledge. I'm not a well read guy in theory. I, uh, you know, I'm really, my politics really are like dumb guy socialism where it's just like, you know. Yeah,
0: we're I, both, I, we're yeah. both dumb guy socialists. <laughs> yeah. It. And but,
2: like, I mean, the, okay. but you've honed in on something that is really interesting. And I mean, though we don't get political explicitly on the podcast, I think that like, I like to think that the podcast is like somewhat of a, um, like, we're definitely like, sugar that like, if you like, it's like, listen long enough, you'll see that, like, we're explicitly... Pretty left, yeah. Left and, like, you know, socialist things. Um, I think, you know... When it comes to this, like, disempowerment or things like that, and I'm glad you mentioned Audrey Lorde, and you're entirely right that, like, self-care, like, the first time I started seeing it was probably around 2015 or 2014, you know, kind of post uh, things like Ferguson or uh, Standing Rock and things like that, and it was definitely mentioned a lot in activist spaces, and especially, like, post-election, you know, people talking about, like, how this is something that's necessary Yeah. like show up as activism now i mean you know where does like the witch witchy tarot stuff i mean i think that there is a direct link between socialism and religion you know i mean some of the most ardent socialists you see online are often you know catholics or people who are um deeply religious i think you know yeah. Socialism is going to, if it happens in America, it's going to need a mass movement. And, you know, I think maybe some of this self care or going into magical thinking is like, you know, maybe I am powerless or maybe I can harness power, but, yeah. you know, you need the community. You need the, you need the like coalition. You need the mass right. of people. So maybe like admitting like that certain things. You ha- don't have power to change, but there are certain things that you do have power to change. And oh, for sure. Even if, like, harnessing, you know, uh Wicca energy and things like that aren't, like, literal, even though I do believe more and more people I know are do literally believe in it, I believe it is, like, just trying to, you know, put agency in spaces where they didn't have one. It's also
0: about women too, in a big way. I think, um, astrology, tarot, like obviously like that, that whole scene is very like anti patriarchal. And like, I know a lot of women who are just like, you know, we do it cause we, it pisses men off. And I like (laughs) that. Like, I think it's fun. Like, it's it's fun it's very feminine like obviously it's it's not for women exclusively it's like it's for everyone um and there's people across the gender spectrum who enjoy tarot and astrology and being a witch etc but um yeah i think it's like it's historically been used to um oppress women just the concept of witchcraft and i think it's it's fantastic that it's having this like sort of like you know, positive renaissance, like in our modern culture where like women are being like, no, like women, non-binary people, men, everyone are being like, no, we're reclaiming this thing that, that was like very like, you know, misogynistic, um, or like that misogynist would use to tear down women in the past. Like this is now something we celebrate and something we enjoy and it's fun and like lighthearted and, and it's of the earth and it's very like, you know, yeah, it's very, it's very anti-patriarchal in a way, and and, cap- think- and and what's more capitalist than than you know patriarchy? You could they're they're interchangeable sometimes. Yeah,
2: I I, I do want uh, to attack that, and I don't have enough time to get into this, but I think like a lot of like witchcraft and magical thinking uh you know as a religious thing that people have grasped onto to get self-empowerment is like kind of weirdly picking up the mantle of things like uh satanism and uh the uh organized atheist movement that i think unfortunately has gone so far to the right and so far into libertarianism and i mean especially organized atheism just being a pipeline Sometimes to the alt right because it was, you know, places that ultimately they didn't want to, you know, address the fact that, like, uh, you know, marginalized people are most likely to believe in you know magical thinking or need uh you know religion they just wanted a boys club so i think that sort of like self uh preservation and i don't mean this about necessarily the church of satan i i happen to know some people involved in that and they're very cool but i do think that there's a reason why like that and atheism now has kind of a libertarianish bent and now you know Wicca, which is about the earth and nature and everything else, and we're now in this eco crisis moment, is something that which is like, oh, I want to harness that and identify with that. And, like, I mean, c- there's covens of witches, which I think kind of does speak to that, like, needing community and needing yeah. broad based. And it's, it's, we're, I don't think we're there yet. We do obviously. I mean, if we're talking about a left movement, we need to articulate things like care and wellness and community and spirituality. Um, because otherwise, the other side, whether that be capitalism or the right or anything like that, is already hard at work at, you know, using things like self care and wellness and just injecting it into the workplace. The, Oh yeah. Take five minutes to do yoga, but I'm going to call you at 9 PM and expect you to pick up the phone.
1: This this is a similar critique to like the, this idea that of like Silicon Valley um, mindfulness meditation. And it's just to like optimize your mind to be even better at, coding ones and zeros, you know, more efficiently. Um, Oh
0: yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Um,
2: our good friend podcast, uh, night call talks a lot about the Asalon, uh, group, uh, up in North California. That was originally a hippie commune. That's now just like, yeah, Silicon Valley, uh, weirdos. And it's like, um, our our podcast with Molly, I think, where we talk about self-grandparenting, which is her philosophy, is really good because I think we get into the, like the like, well, in a world where everyone wants you to make money for them, sometimes like the most radical thing you can do is just like like say, not make money, <laughs> not make money, just like oh, I'm gonna fart around and like act like I'm in early retirement because um, if nothing else, I'll feel good and I won't have done harm. To right. the world around it, cost,
0: me. it costs you nothing to be a retiree who uh, enjoys bird watching.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, so I. So maybe as we get towards the end of this conversation, I did want to talk about one or two of the individual episodes, and that was one of the ones I marked out. So Molly uh, Lambert um, came on and talked about this idea of, of self, self-grandparenting, and was that her original idea? I, I don't remember this point. The earliest. Um, the so term.
0: there's. Uh, so she. Well, she coined the term based off of something I tweeted. So I call it a collab. I call it a collab. Okay. <laughs> um, no, she she definitely coined it, though. Um, I was, like, tweeting that um, I was eating, like, a 5 p.m. dinner by myself at Hugo's, which is, like, this, like, very grandparently diner in the Valley. And then she tweeted self-grandparenting. And then we kind of got into a whole Twitter thread about, like, self-grandparenting and, and there's actually a there's some article i think it's on mashable someone covered the self grandparenting thing and like gets into the origins of like how molly came up with it um and yeah. it's it's a great article
2: I, That episode and also just like that article and it on like Twitter is exactly what I'm talking about about like being delighted by like watching like Kate and Molly's another person with this just like that making things manifest into like (laughs) reality where it's just like oh okay we're like self-grandparenting is now a trend and a thing that we believe in. We're doing this
0: now. We're doing this now. Molly's so
1: so funny. So defining it is treating is it treating yourself like you are a grandpa or like your grandpa would treat you when you were a kid or or a little bit of both.
0: It's like kind of both. Like, it's like, it's like acting like you are yourself retired and you are a grandparent because the, the theory behind it is millennials may not ever get to be grandparents because we're not getting any retirement money. There's no social security that's going to be left for us. And also climate change might make it. So we all just like burn to a crisp anyway at that age. So um, self grandparenting is like being a grandparent now. And it's also like doing activities your grandparents would do with you. So like grandparenting yourself, because so much of self-care is like kind of parenting, like reparenting yourself as an adult, uh-huh. but gra- self grandparenting takes it to like a whole even more like low stakes <laughs> level where you're just like, you know, going to the zoo <laughs> i don't know what do, what do grandparents do like oh there's you know so much.
2: like, like you, goading you, on you, a collection of things uh
0: when you're in your retired grandparent you, there's so much you can do like the, the world is your oyster like when we grew up our grandparents like they just like Mine, like, traveled, like, the country in a Winnebago and, like, collected spoons. <laughs> like, it's yeah,
1: just, like,
2: shit like that. Yeah, mine were very chill, too. Yeah. Uh, and and th- I think that episode is a great example of, like, where it's, like, we're having a lot of fun in, like, going off on these, like, really, like, absurd and silly things. But, like, there is, like, a real thing that we're talking about there, which is, like, that fear of never getting to have grandkids and, like, the fear that, like, we're never going to be able to retire. And, therefore, we're just going to inject that into our lives now. Yeah,
0: and also so much of – so many millennials, at least in our circle and me and Drew's life, are just freelancers. So we, like, have so much of this daytime nothingness, like, when we're not working. And it's, like, instead of pressuring yourself to be, like, working on something – or like you know, just like there, there's like a pressureness. There's a pressure that goes on with stillness in like our culture, and it's like you can't be still. You have to be working on something. You have to be like trying to make more money, and God, instead, yeah. it just looking at that empty those 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 occasional empty daytime hours as like something you can just be a grandparent during.
2: Yeah, I used to have deep shame about like, you know, if I was not working on a gig, then like, what are you doing during your day to like, you know, get yourself in position to get your next job? And like, right. you know, why aren't you so much more productive? And it's like, why are you talking to yourself like you're the cruelest boss of yourself? I know, it's, it's so terrible stupid. and it put me in like a awful headspace and it's starting so to break out of it is like the most empowering thing where it's like there's
0: it's always gonna, a pilot you're not writing there's always yeah. a pilot you're not writing why why do we even write pilots they're never gonna get aired yeah. dear god well and that's why
2: god i love this so much i love this podcast i love what kate and jack do it's such a creative thing where it's like also just like taking the reins of your own destiny and like I love working on this show. It doesn't feel like work, even when I'm editing like at like 1am and like, it's like, it's a joy and it's, it's labor that belongs to me that then I get to like share with the world. And it ruled. and
0: drew does do all the editing
2: because yeah, i mean i've really but like that's a great thing where it's like i didn't know how to edit before this and i have taught myself uh how to edit and like have all these like built-in things uh in reaper and i get a tremendous amount of pride that i can edit a podcast like i didn't know how to do so, that before.
0: what you've done with this podcast drew I, is so incredible and i love working with you and like i i it's fantastic that like you've taken the lead on everything and like it's, it's, um, you've done an excellent job. The episode sounds so good. And like,
2: I don't know. Thank you. All the I fun, mean, all
0: the fun bits on the show are just like Drew. Like I'm just going
1: along with them. Like See, that's funny.
2: Cause I feel like all the fun bits are you. And like, I just like, <laughs> I just am trying to like, like stay aboard and like have no. my,
1: I, I think you guys really do have a good, like you are a good pair. Uh, you cut, you feed off of each other. Like you must both have. Improv training because you, you, uh, you know, you kind of do improv style riffs, but yeah, I think your energies in either the mystical or, you know, traditional sense, like, you know, interact in a, in a pr- productive way that, um, yeah, if, if just, if it was just one person hosting, I, I, it it wouldn't work as well, I think.
2: Oh, God. If it was just me hosting, the show would be unsufferable. Hey,
0: I would, I would listen. Oh, thank you. But then I, I would also force my way in and become. <laughs>
2: That's the thing is like we are very good at like wheezling into like stuff <laughs> we want to do. Uh yeah.
1: Okay, so one other so one other episode I wanted to ask about. And I think so okay, so Jesse Ferrar he actually was a guest on this show about 2 years ago when he famously um uh when he threatened to hit uh Hillary supporters with a hammer or something like that.
0: Oh yeah. I
1: I had him on during that point, but so he did his episode was about um, adult coloring books. So that that was like okay, that's that seems within this like millennial self-care thing. And then you had um, the next episode, you had Mike Mitchell, um, who is one of the uh, co-hosts of Doughboys, and his was um, Sunday dinner. A nice Sunday dinner was his self-care. And then – so that was interesting because I never – you know, that doesn't – that never struck me as self-care. And and you guys talked about, like, family dinners and things you would like to eat and, and stuff like that. Um, and, yeah, so I think that expanded the range from just, like, these – you know, things that involved, like, buying something and then doing an activity or something to, like, okay, this, you know, also it's, like, being with your loved ones and, like, the ritual of that and memories from childhood and, and stuff like that. Um, so I don't know if you have anything else to say about that, but th- that was an interesting episode. Well, the dialogue.
0: Mitch, the Mitch one is one of my favorite episodes. Yeah. Cause the Mitch like, one is
2: really fun. Um, also,
0: Mitch gets like so vulnerable and like deep and like it's like a side of Mitch that I feel like most people don't get to see like, uh, that aren't like his close friend. And like he opened up about his dad passing away and like it was just, it's a very sweet episode. And like also Mitch is just fantastic, but totally. Yeah.
2: And I think you, ha- you, uh, honed in on something. You know, um, those were like kind of our pilot episodes. We, we recorded with Jesse because like we were like, oh, who would we want to record with? And it, like Jesse was in town and I was like, oh well, shit, Jesse. Let's get you, him. Let's get him. He's, uh, a huge podcast, get. That's still like one of our like most listened to episodes. And we didn't really know necessarily about the format. So it's like, will you color, like, coloring books with us? <laughs> I think we could definitely have Jesse back on and have him talk about like something that he's really deeply cared yeah. about. Yeah.
0: For that like, episode, we were like, we were like, uh, it's we don't have time to ask him what he likes yeah, to do. We're weird. picking it for him,
2: and it's also I think just like kind of that, like I think it came together within like a day. Like, yeah. we were like, oh,
1: we should. We were
0: like, we weren't quite ready to start the podcast yet, but Jesse was in town, so we it kind of forced us to like pull. When the you turn. have a chance to
1: get Jesse Ferrari, you gotta like yeah. stop everything and go for it.
2: And I would still like to do some, uh, like things with like, if there's something that we're really interested by, um, using it and like doing an episode about like a weirder or more esoteric thing. Um, there is one thing that we both have that I don't know if we're going to do, but like, we, you know, I think eventually like that sort of stuff I'd like to live on the Patreon and stuff like that. You know, I would just love more and more, uh, ex- excuses to get to work on this thing so hopefully we might have like a another like oh hey we'll just do this weird thing or do a deep dive into this or
0: we are going to do coffee enemas at some yes point.
2: that's what i was hinting at i i didn't know if Kate if you were chickening out on it oh
0: my butthole confidence is not there yet but it's, <laughs> okay. I, i'm ramping up to it drew i am scared to put something in my butt You know, I don't put a lot of things in my butt, uh, full disclosure. So it's, it's something I have to gain confidence about um it took me a long time to figure out how to put a tampon in my vagina when i was a kid so it's like it's it's hard to put things where they they you know they do want to go they do want to go it's not an
2: accusation i was not trying to call you out i just was like
0: no 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 i knew i i want to say i want to get this out out into the public this is a public statement on my butthole I don't have butthole confidence. I don't have butthole confidence. Yeah, but
2: I would like to take... I'm
0: trying to get there, though. I'm trying to get there. I'm working on it. I have to do... You know what we should do, Drew? Yeah. Is I should get some some little asshole affirmations going
1: oh i can like I, that a lot
0: i say to my asshole
2: that
0: that'll be a new segment on the show as i ramp up to my, <laughs> oh butt my God, whole we confidence should,
2: yeah we should just like just like <laughs> announce it for like november like exactly. just like cornucopia style uh we should yeah. set
0: a date like by the end of november i'll do the enema but the whole month of no- november is like asshole affirmations month <laughs> or something yeah
2: but like it's like this world is so mal where like, yeah, the idea is that I don't necessarily think fit as a regular episode that I want it to live like behind the paywall because it's just like there's so many things. Yeah, we've been yeah. our patrons I've been popping about off. Many- yeah, I top. wanted to ask yeah. about how the Patreon. I want
1: to do been going because you. I feel good. I mean, talk about the pay the pay piggies. Um, yeah, yeah, we, we love yeah. our
0: pay piggies. <laughs> I love the whole joke about the Patreon is that it is self care yes. to Give, and you can buy. I try to. I try to mention like... the Patreon
2: immediately after saying that our show is doesn't cost money, um, and then just mentioning it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's really cool. I'm very humble that people already like start doing it. Uh, we we've been switching it up. Sometimes we do uh, episodes with our guests. Sometimes our guests aren't available. Sometimes it's going to be K and I talking about the news. I also kind of want to get into more abstract fields. You know, we also yeah, the most expensive tier we do a like care package for people and i like hopefully what's, if that brand- what's
0: our goop called? it's called sprift
2: Sprift. i really want to build a like faux wellness brand as a result yeah, of it that,
0: the, the patreon is where we just get silly and we have yeah, fun and we
2: we do yeah it's uh, kind of
0: like more like um i don't know we're not we're not always interviewing people for the patreon sometimes it's just me and you fucking around and becoming visco girls
2: yeah, we I mean, have a lot of visco stuff on it. We're gonna do a visco girl photo shoot. Uh, yeah. hopefully, hopefully the amount we talk about visco doesn't just like betray how old we are and just make us seem like we're okay. Well, so just
1: let's, this is not exactly self care stuff, but but I, since I'm vaguely aware of this and it seems interesting, and I'm sure many of our viewers and listeners have no idea what a visco girl is. What is a visco girl? Okay.
0: Um. <laughs> great. A Visco Girl is an enigma. <laughs> no, I don't know. A Visco Girl is like a, is like, it's like a, it's like a Gen Z trend where basically like you're an eco-conscious, like cool chick and you like wear, uh, Crocs and baggy jeans and like baggy t-shirts and your jeans have rips in them and you love metal straws and you love to save the turtles. Okay, so explain, that part. <laughs>
1: explain the facts. <laughs>
0: It's yeah. it's how it's how a visco girl laughs. It's
2: yes. <laughs> uh, you can write S K S K S K. Okay. Uh,
0: um, also, hydro flask water bottles, skincare, um, and okay, yeah, it's interesting.
1: It's kind of a like anti-fashion trend because you're wearing it's like baggy yeah, scrunchies,
0: velvet scrunchies. It's kind of just like. It's kind of an Instagram aesthetic. It's very aesthetic. All of it is very aesthetic.
2: It's also like very much a throwback to like I mean the the look is like from when we were in high school. Uh like yeah. just like oh like you can wear like a big baggy uh uh hoodie and that's now cool girl fashion again. It's like yeah. very like comfy chill. So I think there's something that scratches our brains where it's like oh now like young cool that. people are like just like dressing how And we listen thought. like
0: True, and I may be the same age. Yes, but I am a Gen Z. I'm Gen Z, so, <laughs> yeah. I, so I do get it. I do get there, it totally more do. than you, more than you guys will will ever. Yeah,
1: totally. Yeah, I, I kind of thought it was. It, it, it reminded me a little bit of like, um, you know, like going to the beach on a cold day, or maybe like summer camp, like when people would wear summer camp, like in 1995 or so. Yeah, so, yeah. A lot, yeah. There's a lot of stuff like that. Like okay, so I, I, I saw one in the wild recently that I was like, that's a fiscal girl. Um, but... Big time. It's, Big but time.
2: I think and one of the things that's really interesting about it is that it is a... It seems like they are looking for, like, uh, kind of, like, demarcations of authenticity. Like, kind of, like, it's more authentic to dress, like, natural and have, like, a ponytail and care about the environment and things like that. But it's rooted in a Instagram filter. So it is this weird like <laughs> right. straddle of like yeah. social media and technology, but also like, it feels like though they may not have ever articulated like this, like kind of like reaching out a more like naturalistic, authentic life through an aesthetic that doesn't actually exist uh and that's I why i
0: that's why i love it that's why yeah. we love, drew and i are yeah. Visco. It's girls. very good yeah. i was lying before drew's also gen z
2: i am gen z we're,
0: yeah we're gen z um
1: yeah so yeah visco was like an alternative to instagram or something but anyway we can okay enough on visco you could do a whole
0: um, it's a filter app it costs 30 dollars <laughs> a, a year a whole i did pay for it. <laughs>
1: on visco, I suppose. Um, okay so i guess that's let me see i think those are all the things i wanted to ask um, do you, okay. So the, the show is this podcast of self-care, um, look at, you know, look at iTunes. We'll include a link below. And, um, do you want to plug anything else or your social, social feeds?
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm, you go okay. first. Drew.
1: Sure. I'm
2: at Drew Spurs on Twitter, Drew underscore Spurs on Instagram, that's where I post anything I do. There's a couple of things I'm working on, but nothing that I'm like, oh, check out this at this exact moment. So just follow me there. Follow the, uh, the podcast. Yeah. You know, if you like it, yeah, go on the Patreon. Yeah.
0: Patreon.com slash this podcast is self-care. And then our show Instagram is at this podcast is self-care. And then our show Twitter is at this pod self-care.
2: Yeah. I, I guess the only other thing I would say is if you listen to the show, if you like the show, let us know. Drop us an email or thing like that. I, I'm trying to also figure out like where I mean I do have stats on like where the downloads come from, but like I think we'd eventually like to like do some sort of tour or things yeah, like that. For sure. So oh, like letting us know like where are you that are and like you know what's like you know, where you would want to go for something like that, uh would be really tight. So if you like it, let us yeah. know. Yeah, totally. And
0: I'm at Kate Raft on everything. and That's C-A-I-T-R-A-F-T. And then I also do a Twitch show every morning from 7 to 9 a.m. Pacific time with my husband, Jack Allison. It's twitch.tv slash Jack A.M.
2: It's the best way of waking up. It really is.
0: It's the new folders. It really
2: is. It's I mean, I now get why people like uh like the Today Show or like it kinda scratches that brain where it's like, ooh, it's I wouldn't even say that it's I I love uh the show. So like this is me just like Speaking out, it it is that thing where it's like, oh, it's nice to get up to and like learn about the thing, but also it has this real like hard edge whenever Jack is like feuding with someone, which is also oh, yeah. lovely because is- I love gossip and drama. So it it, it honestly kicks ass when Jack fights <laughs> with an SNL head writer. Yes. The, the show right.
0: gets so messy because I am married to one of the most dramatic posters on Twitter. <laughs> um Yeah, so Rules. I don't think I have any- oh, I I have an art Etsy.
2: Yeah, the, Kate's art rules. Uh, she does all the art for our show. Kate's maybe my favorite visual artist. Oh my it's, god! Yeah, true? no, it's true. I, I I mean, to be fair, I'm not like. What about Caroline model. Calloway? <laughs> oh, okay. If Caroline does a show, then obviously it's Caroline Calloway. Well, her her life is a work of art. Yes. Yeah,
0: and she also makes um Matisse
1: um copies
2: she said something that rules so much uh, yesterday on her instagram because she made like a rare uh group of like 21 pieces of art this week and she was like maybe that who knows the next time these pieces will all be together in the moma or (laughs) just, just, just like yeah all 21 like your 21 copies of the same thing are gonna be in moma
0: give me give me the confidence of no, not a white man. Give me the (laughs) confidence of Caroline Calloway (laughs) right into my veins.
1: Yeah, it is a feminist story in in some ways. Um, Okay, so I just want the final plug I want to make for your show is that um, mostly in my off hours, I listen to comedy podcasts because I don't want to listen to serious podcasts in my off hours. And um, what I like about yours is that there's just like a a kindness and a gentleness to it. You know, a lot of the shows – have this very like angry, uh, harsh tone to them, you know, because people are mad about politics, like you know Chapo or something. You know, there's a lot of anger right. like, behind it, and even um, uh, your Kickstarter sucks uh, with Jesse and Mike. Um, you know, there's some like kind of anger <laughs> behind all that, but but you guys are like it's, it's just pleasant, it's funny you know thank
2: you enjoyable yeah, thank you so much yeah we like we like it to, it's the podcast we, equivalent of easy listening uh, yeah we,
0: we try to be a little sweeties
2: <laughs> yeah i mean i love mean comedy and i love like i think that's like more my natural mode and i also love those shows um, yeah same i mean I, same but i'm recording uh, an episode of street fights uh oh yeah plug that. october tonight uh with uh murder Brian and Felix, and it's like, oh, yeah, it's been a while since I've had to be, like, in, like, that, like, oh, I'm going to, like, fucking dunk on a dude (laughs) mindset. So I'm, like, so whoever listens to that.
0: Don't be be too gentle, Drew.
2: Yeah, I'm going to be like, yeah, check out my self-care podcast (laughs) where I'm a nice person, and I'm going to be like, I fucking hate this shock
1: jock.
0: (laughs) There's got to be some crossover between the the street fight shock top crowd and uh, sorry, not shock top, shock jock. Crowd and this podcast is so.
1: I think so. I think you need both.
0: In. You need both. You need. Yeah, the yeah.
1: You wouldn't want. You know, just if it was all pleasant, it would. You would kind of like. You know, float off into the sky yeah. or something. You when we like-
2: eventually get too exhausted of talking about self care and being nice, like five or six years down the line, we're going to make a hard pivot into just being real Self-destruction kind of podcast. Fuzzy. That's what we're going to do. This
0: podcast is self-destruct.
2: <laughs> this podcast will self-destruct. Honestly, like... That's a good title for a podcast. That,
0: that should be like, oh, Drew, we'll talk. Uh, I, I just yeah. had an idea. No one else does it.
2: We're It's ours. We should do like...
0: Okay, I'll, I'll we'll say off, uh, I'll say cool. <laughs>
2: Oh yeah. Oh my God. Thank you so much for uh, having us. Yeah. Thank you for having us. I've never had to like
0: confront. the intricacies of this podcast and it's nice to like yeah. say
2: it out loud
1: wow. okay well i'm glad yeah i'm glad i was able to provide a forum for uh you know some some analysis okay and now so-
2: never again ne- never, <laughs> never again. again never
1: again this was an i'm exclusive. just gonna link i'm just
2: gonna i'm just gonna link to this episode
0: Why are you when this everyone's podcasting? like
2: do you believe that uh like toxins will come out of your butt all oh, like, listen to this episode i, I, I don't want to speak on it's it's just not uh it's not fun to like have it over and over again so i'm glad we've gotten it on uh, (laughs) a good podcast thank you so
1: much (laughs) okay well thank you uh thank you drew thank you kate thank you to our viewers and listeners and we'll see you next time
0: thank you thank you
1: before you go a quick message from the suits at meaning of life tv meaning of life will always be free for you to watch and listen to and we don't even go the npr route of guilting you into donating during pledge week but we do have a small request If you enjoy Meaning of Life programming, rate and review us on iTunes. The iTunes algorithm weighs positive reviews heavily, so taking a few minutes to rate and review us will help more people find out about our shows. Also, of course, we encourage you to subscribe to our Twitter and Facebook feeds. Thank you.